Welcome back to Seattle Sucks Podcast. Uh, I'm joined here with a very special guest. I'm very excited to have her. Uh, Vanishing Seattle, otherwise known by her given name of Cynthia Brothers. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're super excited. Uh, I feel like we've been talking since before like Halloween, trying to make this happen maybe. Roughly, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of surreal uh, and nice to have you here. Um, Thank you. So it's just the two of us today. Unfortunately, uh, Greg couldn't make it. He had a family thing happen, but um, that's okay. I think we're going to have a great time. Um, yeah, we got all these snacks, so that's Yeah, there, there's a lot. I took <laughs> I took a picture so that I can uh, just prove that it happened. Yeah, but, it's a cornucopia um, of yeah, snacks. Yeah, it's a nice, <laughs> always a, good time. a still life of um, <laughs> carbohydrates, I think, mostly. But uh, So yeah, so... I, we recently went to a podcast meetup, and a lot of people asked us, oh, what's your next show going to be, uh, or asked me anyway, and I said, well, we're going to have Vanishing Seattle on, and um, you've been working at least, I think, since 2016, mm-hmm. Did, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So you've been around for, I mean, now, several years, and you've definitely kind of been in my mind, but when I mentioned that you were going to be on our show, I was surprised a few people weren't aware of your work, so... What? How I, dare they? Exactly. <laughs> I mean... I feel like what you've done is, it's definitely been prominent in my own life and kind of like when I heard about you, and I don't recall when, um, it might have been after 2016, um, has been something I've followed and thought about a lot, but since I kind of expected everyone to know, you know, who you were, (laughs) what you do, um, and so I was wondering if you could kind of, uh, sort of in your own words maybe say what you do um and how you started Mm -hmm. and then we can see where that goes yeah yeah Yeah, definitely and thank you for that generous um (laughs) introduction (laughs) um yeah i definitely don't expect that people know about it i'm Uh actually kind of like still um surprised when i meet people and they say that they have been following it or they're like oh that too um because i think when i started i definitely like just kind of did it because I wanted to do it and yeah. I didn't have like any yeah. kind of notion or like grand plan about sure. where I wanted to take it or like <laughs> any aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just, I mean, I would describe Vanishing Seattle like in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, as a project that uh, documents the disappearing and displaced. Um, Spaces yeah. and I guess the changing landscape of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So that can include small businesses, yeah. local institutions, uh, homes and houses, churches, um, and then I'll usually try to accompany that with um, some research and writing that I'll put in. Um, most of it originates from Instagram, so it's very visual um, pictures that I take, or yeah. other people might send me stuff, okay. or I'll repost other people's stuff. Um, but I'll usually try to do some um, research and some information that just mm-hmm. kind of explains, like, or just, like shows what's there yeah. now yeah. or what was there, mm-hmm. and then what's um, kind of replacing it. And sometimes there'll be some really interesting history or just um, kind of uh, fun facts or people's like stories about why these places might be like important yeah. to local culture and communities mm-hmm. and the role they played and kind of like. I think beg some questions about uh, what does it mean in terms of like <laughs> what's you know replacing it. Yeah. 
Um, and there's only so much I can do because it's like there's a character limit on Instagram, which I <laughs> constantly sure. struggle with. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I started it in January of 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's not like a lot of the kind of issues that are bound up in the project, mm-hmm. like um, change and growth and gentrification and displacement. I mean, it's yeah. not like these are issues that just like came out of nowhere in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, I mean, I think it's been like happening for a while, but also it's like, it's basically been happening since like the Denny party landed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's like, that's sure. where, you know, the city yeah. was like built on dispossession of land mm-hmm. and displacement. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sometimes I'll try to kind of remind people of that or, you know, uh, highlight some of those parallels. I mean, it can, you know, not to, like, equate or, like, diminish, you know, what happened with, um, you know, Coast Salish peoples uh-huh. with, like, exactly what's happening today. But I think, yeah. like, that's our legacy. Yeah. And there are some parallels and we're kind of, like, repeating that through, you know, urban colonization mm-hmm. and, you know, displacement of yeah. people. Yeah. And there's some, like, really scary parallels in the way that we, like, talk about it and justify it. And sure. Around yeah. It. Um, yeah. So, anyway, um, so I was uh, uh, born and raised in Seattle, and I've been here most of my life except about five years in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, I think in some ways, being in New York uh, and living in um, downtown Manhattan yeah. kind of primed me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I already had a little bit of culture shock uh-huh. when I was over there because it's just, like... Uh, you know, the, like, huge, like, wealth gap and, like, all the money and, like, class differentials and, like, I mean, they're pretty much, like, pros at, you know, gentrifying (laughs) people out of their neighborhoods. Yeah, totally. And I saw a lot of that. Um, There's some of kind of, like, the signs and, like, the systemic factors. So when I came back to Seattle around 2010, 2011, Uh um, I think a lot of that stuff was kind of starting to, you know, show up more and kind of accelerate in Seattle. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I've been just kind of like thinking about it and seeing it, um, being in my feelings about it for a while. <laughs> um, and then in 2016, it was like an actual place, an event that prompted me to oh, just okay. like start it. Uh-huh. Um, and that was a Filipino restaurant on North Beacon Hill called Inai's. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, one of my uh, friends, Atasha Manila, is a drag performer. Okay. And she was a she worked at Inai's as a server, and then also on Friday was known for doing this um, incredible like three hour long one woman drag show. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you know, North Beacon Hill has been gentrifying. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. there's a light rail. Like, yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So um, the rent was raised at Inai's, and um, they were they had to close. So I was there for their closing night, which also happened to be the last performance that Atasha was doing there. Okay. And, um, you know, like, it brought out... I mean, it always brings out a lot of people, but especially for that night. Yeah. I mean, you had, you know, all of her friends and family and supporters. You had folks from the Filipinx community, from uh-huh. the queer community, mm-hmm. Beacon Hill area. Um, and sh- uh, one of the songs that she did was Effie's song from Dreamgirls, okay. and I'm Telling You I'm Not Going. Oh. And, um, yeah, so I was just, you know, taking pictures mm-hmm. and video, and um, I went home that night, and I just kind of, like, started the account. Okay. So I grabbed yeah. <laughs> the handle yeah. and shared a video clip um, of Atasha doing that song. Um, yeah, because I just wanted to, like, capture it and share it with people Mm -hmm. 
um, and kind of as a protest, like, this is, like, this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is an yeah. amazing, magical space. Yeah. Where you have, like, a cross-section of all these different Seattle communities. It's, you know, it's not something that you can just, like, replicate. Like, this is a very unique and unique totally. Seattle, like, cultural yeah. space. Yeah. Um, so, like, this is what it means to, this is what was here, and this is, like, what we lose when a place like Inais gets uh-huh. pushed out. So, um... Yeah, so I just kind of kept posting from there, um, from kind of like that first like urge to do it. Yeah, just, just kept yeah. continually posting, and then I just kind of <laughs> got this um, momentum, um, and I've got I don't know maybe like thirty-five or forty thousand followers across Instagram on and Facebook, which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> sure, <laughs> to think yeah, about. that's that's quite an audience. For yeah, sure. but that was yeah. kind of the genesis of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I didn't come up with the term either. I want to say, like, oh, okay. Clark Humphrey, who's a local, an awesome local um, author and journalist. He wrote Loser, um, The Real Seattle Music Story. He also mm. wrote a book called Vanishing Seattle in 2006, I think, out of uh-huh. Arcadia Press. that had a lot of pictures of Seattle from, like, mid-century up to, like, the late 90s. Um, I think there's a Vanishing New York and a Vanishing San Francisco people have reached out and been like, can I start a Vanishing Boise? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't own it. I mean, I uh-huh. think it's... Yeah. Many people who um, might want to kind of adopt it to their own local uh-huh. circumstance, um, then that's cool. You yeah. Know, like let a thousand flowers bloom. So. Yeah. So so that is very interesting, um, and it touches on something that uh, I was curious about. It's pretty easy to overgeneralize local phenomenon to be sort of universal phenomenon, but it sounds like the experience of Seattle is maybe not unique i mean if mm-hmm. of course like you said new york has a long history of this i'm sure london has a long history of this too but a city like boise you wouldn't necessarily think about gentrification mm-hmm. um so so do you think that the characteristics in seattle are are unique or do you think that this is sort of a phenomenon that is is bigger than just this city mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely something that you'll see in repeated in many urban areas. Uh-huh. I think a lot of it is just kind of a function of um, capitalism, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, each city, and, and then each city is kind of unique in the way that they choose to address it, not address it, or actively encourage it mm-hmm. um, in their, like, local and state policies. Right. I think a lot of times cities are kind of active participants in this growth machine that does encourage yeah. gentrification yeah. displacement because of like the tax base or their desire to become a world class city mm-hmm. or their um, you know uh, in debt you know, their their obligation that they feel to big business and developers uh, and corporations. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there are places where you'll see some local policies and interventions that will kind of um, try and help mitigate that. And I think the thing about Seattle and the thing that um, sometimes can be so heartbreaking is that for all of our kind of progressiveness and social progressiveness, I think when it comes to kind of like economics or comes to like an actual impact of our policies like is pretty fucking bad Absol- yeah absolutely <laughs> and what we're willing mm-hmm. to do yeah to like help everyday people yeah seems to be less and less um especially if you know people are like oh we want, don't want to turn to san francisco or manhattan and it's like well they've actually like done some stuff that has gone way farther yeah 
what our leadership has been willing to do, whether that's like policies that, um, like the percentage of affordable housing mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. might be determined in as a trade-off for like upzones or something. Sure. Or their you know anti-displacement measures or. Well, New, all, New York has rent control, right? Yeah, like, rent control. Rent yeah, it's a great example. Um, or even just alternative models of ownership, like mm-hmm. um, land trusts, yeah, co-ops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just like seems like we're more and more of like a neoliberal free market totally (laughs) libertarian yeah you know so it's like cool i mean it's great if you're like yeah we're a sanctuary city we're gonna paint rainbow crosswalks (laughs) yeah it's like the reality is that people can't if immigrants and refugees and queer people like either are getting priced other neighborhoods or can't even access living here in the first place and like what good does that do if it can't even exist here anymore yeah it's kind of just like I don't know, just typical kind of like, you know, liberalism where you like want to look good, uh-huh. but are you really actually willing to like yeah. put some skin in the game or really do something that's going to make a meaningful mm-hmm. impact? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there's a template for it. I yeah. think it's definitely happening all yeah. over, but I think Seattle can, can and should, you know, do better. Yeah. Um, well, we were talking about this before we started taping, mm-hmm. but um, do you think that part of what's happening here and part of this acceptance and willingness to allow growth to run rampant for lack of a better analogy is because of a sort of changing in the political climate and culture of Seattle. I mean, I I think um, you specifically talked about this clash between old and new Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think like that makes this problem more acute, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it does seem like it kind of goes hand in hand, and sometimes I, you know, somewhat like facetiously, or you know, uh, might talk about or like use hashtags. And uh, I didn't come up with this, you know, yeah, but like yeah. that's like old Seattle and new Seattle, and obviously like stuff doesn't really exist in dichotomies <laughs> like that. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, I you know, I'm always trying to kind of figure out um, or just like thinking about. Uh, you know, kind of like the kernels of truth in that. Yeah. Um, that I think when you have like all this money that's coming in, yeah. you have all these forces that, in a lot of ways, are kind of erasing and invisibilizing mm-hmm. um, what came before that, much like in mm-hmm. the tradition of yeah. you know colonization and displacement. Someone tried to like um, lecture me on a. Uh, the definition of like colonization on my account the other day. Oh, I'm like, yikes. I didn't come up with the term early, early <laughs> colonization, dude. It's yeah. like, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't yeah. even have to define what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. like. It manifests in a variety of ways uh-huh. and it happens in urban environments and it's happening here. Just ask any person of color who's yeah. being <laughs> pushed yeah, out. Totally. Anyway, um, yeah, so I think like when you have these, um, these, these, these changes that just really um, exacerbate this like, socioeconomic divide and the uh-huh. stratification it's like there's not only economic impacts of that but there's like a cultural impact you know totally where it just really changes like the social infrastructure the social fabric also the cultural identity um and when you can't have like uh artists and the working class and yeah. educators and service yeah. workers like, yeah. when they can't afford to be here um you know how does that really change like the cultural identity and makeup of the city and it seems like a lot of the values that kind of go along with like 
you know, just making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Or just geared towards like disrupting and uh-huh. you know maximizing productivity and shit like that. It's <laughs> yeah. like what is how is that driving the culture of like the new Seattle? Are mm-hmm. we you know are we just going to be known for like being a a, a world class city and that means we're like high tech. Yeah. Like, what do we lose, or right. how, how much are we able to balance that out, or still yeah. retain our identity yeah. as, like, you know, like a, a arts community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or kind of like a place where people who are somewhat, you know, outsiders or outcasts. Right. But, you know, I mean, that's, right. that's been very much a part of our history. Yeah. Like the working class and the blue collar and the industry. So um, it seems like sometimes there's. Uh, I don't know, just like an ignorance of um, where we came from, you know, both totally. the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot to chew on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> for sure. That's a um, for that one. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's just like it's somewhat, it's somewhat disheartening. Um, because I, I just there's this whirlwind in my mind that you've touched on so many things. It's like. When I was in fifth grade, I remember, I think it was fifth grade, I remember the rise of grunge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that was born out of Seattle and this area, right? And it's like, it's kind of funny to think about that movement coming out of the city that we have now. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that would never, it feels like right. it would never happen now. Right. Um, and this is something that I've kind of personally belabored on the show, but it does feel like we've paid a very heavy cultural price, mm-hmm. um, which is in addition to, like, I mean, culture extends, as you started by saying the origin story of uh, Vanishing Seattle, it's like, it's a place, it's a community, it's mm-hmm. a thing, um, but it's like, you know, music, art, uh, institutions, um, it's really disappointing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, like, I feel like as there are less and less, um, you know, because I post a lot of, like, buildings and, like, physical places, um, but really at the end of the day, it's more so about, like, the people and the communities that are um, attached to those places or that those spaces allow to, you know, to to thrive. Uh Uh-huh. you know, so uh, someone might be like, oh, who cares? It's just like a little funky dive bar. Or right. Something. Like, oh my right. God, stop, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it's really about like, well, what kind of people go here? Mm-hmm. What kind of like connections are there? And um, what kind of like scene or community might totally. yeah. support? Yeah. And then when that goes away or when places that are like that, that are accessed by a certain, you know, socioeconomic, mm-hmm. you know, class or, you know, yeah. type of folks. When, yeah those type of places can't exist or like pay that type of rent anymore yeah <laughs> and you basically like eliminate that out of like the makeup of a neighborhood right or a city and yeah. I, I feel like there are those places are becoming increasingly rare definitely where you yeah. will go and see like that's multi-generational you'll see old timers that are hanging out there yeah or working there yeah you'll see people that are of a different race of a different class like and these are places like the bush garden is a prime example um that you know is really important like that for me that's like my that's like my cheers yeah yeah and it's more than just like i mean there's this magic that Uh exists there from going there and like just interacting from 
you know, the regulars and people like yeah. seeing very white, you know, <laughs> balanced <laughs> to each other uh-huh. and just like, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. But it's also, there's a real legacy of, um, there's so many activists that were mentored in that space. Like that was Uncle Bob Santos's space. That's where the gang of four would hang out oh, wow. and meet. Like uh-huh. there's a real legacy from when it opened in the fifties through like, you know, the, um, like third world liberation movement in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, it was bought by a developer. Sure. And, um, you know, they're kind of just like, like at first they didn't seem to really know the importance of Bush. They seem to like dismiss it and be like, oh, no one cares about yeah. this place. It's dying. Yeah. It's just an old funky bar. Like it's not even like, you know, nothing in its former glory and its heyday of the 60s. Uh-huh. It's like, but people can come here because of that fact. Right. Because it's accessible. And yeah. You can get a cheap drink. And you can sit yeah. next to someone yeah. who, you know, is in their 70s. And, right. you know, someone who's just like living a different existence and like build community from that totally and they yeah. just seem interested in like like a light bulb went off like oh can i like use this as like uh-huh. a way to market uh-huh. as like my new like market rate housing project like yeah let's call it the bush garden homes and we'll have like a little timeline of it's like fuck you like yeah. you know the story's yeah. not here for you to be mined totally for you yeah. mine it to profit off of it mm-hmm. but a lot of time that's how it gets framed whether it's like you know the old minis yeah <laughs> diner or like places yeah. like capitol hill it's like oh yeah. cool Oh, we're in a gay, we're in a neighborhood. Ha ha! But it's like, yeah, but you know, a lot of times people don't feel everybody's a cube patrol. You know, it's yeah. like these genuine places that you can't manufacture mm-hmm. for purposes of like commodifying or making like a tourist attraction. Like right. that's not where the real shit is. Right. You know, like that's yeah. how you kill it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that is like the perfect analogy because it's funny you're wearing a mama's shirt and it's like. <laughs> I mean, that same thing's probably going to happen to mamas, right? Because aren't they going to build a giant uh, thing on top of it, essentially? I believe so. I mean, I would, uh, like, a shout-out to Friends of Historic Belltown, who have been fighting for a long time and mobilized a lot of the um, industry folks and, like, service workers and musicians and artists living down there Uh who were able to... um, get mama's landmarked but there's a building called the wayne and i might be like totally fucking this up but that's kind of anchoring that whole um strip that whole block on okay. second uh-huh. where you have mama's shorties yep. lava lounge yeah. tulas crocodile rocco's yeah and i i can't remember if wayne got landmarked or not but basically it's like they i mean you can get something landmarked and can still get torn down okay like the protections are not awesome that robust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think that I think Wayne might be lost, and so, like, now they're kind of... I mean, Shorty's is moving, Rockwoods mm-hmm. is moving. Mm-hmm. Like, the future of that block, which is, like, in a lot of ways, like, the heart and soul of to- Belltown. Yeah, and totally. Like old Belltown. Totally, like the last totally. thing, like, remaining there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shit, it's like, it could all be, you know, 29-story high-rises in yeah. a few years. Yeah, Because um, that's what they've been trying to do. Yeah. And um, Rise Up Belltown is another great Instagram account that I would recommend oh, nice. people check okay. out. Cause, yeah. Um, yeah, they just go around and they take pictures of people who hang out or, like, live or work in Belltown. Uh-huh. And, like, they ask them just a couple questions, like, what do you love about this place and what would you tell the mayor? And okay. all of them are okay. like, just leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. We're begging you. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is an awesome community. Yeah. Like, please don't, you know, gentrify us. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I yeah, I have two follow-up thoughts <laughs> on that. One is... Uh, negative and one (laughs) I think is more positive Um, one thing I wanted to mention uh, like related to what you're talking about that I love that you do and I I don't know if you started doing this early but I've seen it a lot recently is where you say not vanishing and Mm -hmm. you kind of amplify a place 
that um, is maybe in a in an area that is gentrifying or under sort of this assault, um, and I think that's a really positive thing that mm-hmm. you've been able to do. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll just pause. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Oh no. Hi, it's Colin. At this point in the conversation, my daughter and wife returned from a birthday party. My wife is a huge fan of the work that Cynthia does with Vanishing Seattle and ended up sitting in with us for the remainder of the show. We had a lively, unstructured chat about the places we miss, the places we love, and the places under threat. Due to a series of errors that I made, you won't get a chance to listen to any of that. I'm sorry. With that in mind, please pardon the continuity problems and bear with us. Thank you. Um... (laughs) I mean, you, you have, like, an, a pretty impressive knowledge of a lot of places, um, which, I mean, I know we just admitted, and we've on our show, we've admitted before that we're not technically Seattleites. I mean, we grew up in the suburbs, but um, it's very rare, I feel like, to come across people with any kind of memory mm-hmm. of even Seattle five years ago. So yeah. to hear these stories, see these places, like... It's pretty impressive and, yeah, and valuable. I mean, yeah, I mean, the project has been a good excuse for me to kind of like <laughs> go hang out and be like a bar fly. And yeah. Like, talking to small business owners and, um, you know, which is stuff that I feel like I used to do a lot more. Or maybe people in general used to do a lot Definitely, more, yeah. Just like go and hang out and get outside of their houses. But now it's like everything's so <laughs> attuned towards like, you know, just getting stuff at your doorstep. Yeah. And stuff online. Yeah. I feel like in some ways kind of like that informal civic life yeah um gets more and more eroded but yeah i mean it isn't a good excuse i mean i'd be like oh i'm gonna go here and just like hang out at the bar for a couple hours and like and so that that's your process like you'll know you might know a place or somebody will give you a tip and say hey check this place out and Mm -hmm. then you go yeah it varies i kind of like have this running list of places either for like the not banishing yeah yeah or for places that on their way out some places I might already like know about and have a personal story some places I, I don't and so I'll go and kind of um, talk to I'll try sometimes to go and like talk to the yeah. business owner or yeah. like, get a feel for it like it's kind of like vibe and character because mm-hmm. like these places are like characters totally yeah. a lot of them yeah. or I'll gather information that people will send me like they might be like oh this place is going away or can you highlight this place I love it for A, B, and C reason yeah. and I'll ask them to like share where they like it share some information um mm-hmm. or i'll like do um research online and like synthesize different like stories i might find or, yeah yeah um anecdotes or reviews so it's kind of like a variety of ways that i gather the information but yeah it is fun to like go mm-hmm. in person mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome um, there's still so many places that it's just like that's how i learned is just yeah. through the process of documenting and visiting uh-huh. and writing about places yeah, yeah i mean you're basically like a cultural historian, it seems. Like, <laughs> the, the bars. And yeah. like, the well, no, it's, it's really and, cool. Yeah. I it's think it's awesome. It's memorializing people's important things in people's lives, too, in a way. It's documenting these histories that people wouldn't necessarily otherwise have a reason or an excuse to mm. memorialize. So, mm, Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've learned a lot about, I mean, I've learned just generally, but even like with Mrs. Cook's, I've yeah. never been there. Yeah, me neither. But yeah. I walked by or drove yeah, totally. a million times, yeah. and I had just kind of written it off as another new village store. I didn't know that, 
you know, it was owned independently by yeah. Apple and on all yeah. these things. And so, yeah, I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. So that's like a nice thing about people participating is that people will send me stuff mm-hmm. that will lead me down this road or they'll just provide me with a bunch of information. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do feel kind of like a duty to try and pay like a, um, somewhat of a, a tribute, I guess, yeah, and yeah. Like try to do some due diligence or, like, highlight this, the reasons why people liked it or felt attached to it, even if it's a place that, like, I haven't been or maybe, yeah. like, I personally might not be interested in it. Um, you know, like, Mrs. Cook's, like, I don't, you know, I don't do shit when I cooking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I, like, actively avoid you village, like, the plague. Like, oh, okay. now, Amen. Like, now yeah. you village Amen. is just, like, oh, my God, like, this is, like, you know... Bellevue, like wheelhouses of Bellevue, like from from hell or something. Yeah. But when I was reading about Mrs. Cooks, like I could appreciate. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, and they've like been sustained this long by this community, yeah. and obviously yeah. they really value it. Yeah. So it's um, I know there's always probably going to be like a personal bias because like I'm curating it, but I love learning about like these new places that I didn't really, you know, give a second thought to before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that story was really interesting, the Mrs. Cooks one, because. You talked about, or you mentioned in your um, post that she was selling really unconventional things that you couldn't find anywhere, and it's like, so it's interesting to think about that kind of business model too, mm-hmm. of uh, that it can still exist and that it can even exist in U Village of all yeah, places. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like locals, like you know, big box stores are not going to no, yeah, no. sell like stuff from local, you know, uh, businesses or makers yeah. or artists. Um, yeah. Another interesting thing that I think I couldn't fit into that caption was, I think Mrs. Cooks was one of the first stores to sell um, Starbucks beans before Starbucks like became like national. That's pretty interesting. Like that's like how um, shit they've been around since like seventy six or something. Yeah, long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess when you've been around for that long, you kind of amass some interesting, you know, stories and. For sure. Yeah. 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 well, we've been talking for a while, but I... Are you still recording? I am, Oh, yeah. okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't want to keep you, you know, too much longer because we've already recorded for like an hour and you've been here for longer, but... Um, <laughs> Eating out of house and home. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's all, it's all for you. Um, <laughs> uh, but I did, um, did want to highlight, I guess, your... What to me, uh, as an outsider, um, seemed to be a cool focus of the demolition of the viaduct, mm-hmm. um, the or the looming demolition of the viaduct, which is scheduled to happen, I think, January 11th. Um, it's going to close. It's going to close, and then demolition to follow. I'm okay. Not okay. Entirely sure of the schedule, but yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I th- I think your approach has been really interesting soliciting people for stories like you mm-hmm. posted a video of somebody shooting like a music video maybe in the aqueduct uh, oh yeah Tad uh, yeah that, <laughs> Tad Doyle that was riding on top of a car that was pretty <laughs> yeah. pretty cool like even now that was pretty cool yeah when but, I saw that I was like holy shit yeah <laughs> like, it kind of sums it up <laughs> yeah well yeah to what we said earlier like it's kind of uh, it feels like that could never happen in the Seattle of today like mm-hmm. no, no one was no one would do that now but mm-hmm. um that's certainly one of my favorite views of the city is when you're coming, like if you're coming back from the airport or something, for example, if you're heading mm-hmm. north mm-hmm. on um, the viaduct, like that, that view is incredible. And I used to work in the maritime building, so like. Oh, in Pioneer Square? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before, I actually got, our company got 
moved out when yeah weren't there a lot of artists that lived there and stuff too like there, there was a, that they lived a lot of like stuff going on the yeah. lofts there and yeah. they got evicted yeah or, i think yeah. everyone got let go because they needed to well their plan was to just destroy it mm-hmm. but they ended up getting a protection for the the shell of the building oh. and then they they built up you know, okay. through it. Yeah. They gutted it, basically. Do you know what's in there now? I think the plan was to do more uh, offices yeah, and so stuff. Yeah. Gosh. But I... I, yeah. I, So I don't think it's residential. But okay. I, I don't I don't know for sure. But... Um, yeah. There's a lot of, like, street artists and, like, local artists that were in that yeah. building. And a lot of other buildings in Byers yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess... Like, I just wanted to say that, that mm-hmm. that is certainly one of... Like I said, my favorite views of the city, like weirdly one of my favorite parts of the city for being a big concrete thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking before the show that uh, it feels kind of symbolic because I think you you said it was built in like the 50s, I yes. think in your, yeah, like yeah, early 50s. or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's what I recall. And then to see it sort of come come down in our lifetime, it's like... It feels to me very symbolic of mm-hmm. what's happening in Seattle. That mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, yeah, we're gonna get a surface option uh, allegedly down on the waterfront, but like, there's all this. The the squeeze is gonna happen as a result of this, and um, we're gonna lose. I mean, you're gonna lose that view. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna lose that history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that, and then also maybe like what you've heard from other folks, because clearly people are sending with their memories Mm -hmm. and and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I know the viaduct is kind of a contentious thing. People seem to either love it or hate it. And I think the whole process around, like, its demolition and replacement and, like, the park and stuff like that is, like, a very politicized thing that I don't fully, like, understand. But, I mean, I think just personally, like, I have a, you know, fondness for the viaduct just growing up here and driving on it. Yeah on it with family totally the view of course mm-hmm. and then also there's something about even the structure itself that i think is um beautiful mm-hmm. like not beautiful in a conventional sense yeah it's kind of like gritty and brutal yeah and yeah dark and to me it kind of re- is reflective of like what i find beautiful about this city and like the grittiness mm-hmm. of this city there's just sure. something about like the kind of spirit of like you know, quote unquote, old Seattle. Yeah. That the viaduct, to me, kind of reflects or, or speaks to. Yeah. Um, and again, like a reason why people either like think it's an eyesore <laughs> or they yeah. love it. Yeah. So I kind of you know um, just wanted to just have a tribute to it yeah, and so I yeah. you know, ask folks and I like invite folks to you know tag me or send me their pictures or videos. Um, and I kicked it off with like some of my own and I was pretty overwhelmed. Like I was just going to be like, yeah, I'll just post like one a day for like a month. Like I'm doing like a month countdown. And I think I got like way more than a month's worth just yeah. in the first yeah. couple days, wow. which was like, I guess kind of, you know, validating that's like for as much like hate as there is out there for the viaduct, <laughs> yeah. like people really do love it. And like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's been a lot of people who are like mad about the fact that people are going to miss the viaduct, you know, and it's like, just right. let people, yeah. like, have their, <laughs> their, thing. their yeah. own appreciation yeah. for it. Like, yeah. sure, yeah, it's like, 
probably necessary. Like, of course, no one is like, yeah, yeah oh, we should keep this earthquake trap. Right, yeah. You know, it's not really yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, People just always yeah. have a fondness for things that have been around for a long time that they yeah. grew up with, bad or good, in my experience, too, mm-hmm. I think. And that's, like you said, that's you're allowed to have that, even if it's a complicated relationship yeah. or even if mm-hmm. something yeah. is not purely good or bad yeah we yeah. just are, we just have attachments to things and that's i think that's just part of being human yeah yeah, yeah it's not a black or white thing um and then i think there's also this kind of other dimension too that like uh i mean there's been a lot of you know businesses mm-hmm. and places that you know their tenants are being evicted and pushed yeah, out maritime yeah. building right highway 99 mm-hmm. club yeah yeah because people i mean there's a gold rush that's going to happen because oh, developers are anticipating yeah. when that comes down and now it's going to be a world-class view yeah and so you know as much as like the viaduct was like car centric or whatever mm-hmm. or you know it was like this big concrete structure it's like you know a lot of people call it like the poor man's view or like anyone can yeah, access it. T- I know definitely. there's going to be like a park or whatever, but in a lot of ways it feels like the waterfront is going to be, and traditionally where there's been a lot of unsheltered people too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's going to mm-hmm. be reshaped into like a waterfront for the rich. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of condos yeah. and like yeah. a fancy park and it's just going to become something. Inaccessible. Yeah, yeah. That's in the very much in the realm of like new Seattle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think there's kind of that sense too that it's marking <laughs> like this line um, between like what was there and then what kind of like the new, you know, aspirational yeah. image or whatever of Seattle yeah. is. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, because I, I, I mean, that's certainly something that I've thought about um, that the land grab and the <laughs> obvious uh, construction that will be happening, but. I mean that that will profoundly change our mm-hmm. city even more than it's been changed. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. It, I, do you have any thoughts about how? Um, because I I know on your website um, you you mentioned that there are ways that we can try to kind of combat some of these things that we feel are negative or protect these spaces, but. Have you heard anything about ways to get involved and try to potentially curb what happens there or e- even elsewhere in the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have, like... I mean, I think it's... There's no one single thing. Um, yeah. There's going to be a lot of different fronts that people will have to, like, engage on. But I mm-hmm. think the thing is just to, um, you know, be engaged yeah. and to... Um, I mean, I think, like, for me, I know that my account can be, like, a huge, like, bum out. <laughs> and yeah. the point for me is not for people to feel like... Because it is, like, this onslaught of, like, oh, my God, like, there's, right. this thing is going away. Mm-hmm. And, like, all this stuff is going away. And, like, I can't even keep up with, like... Yeah. I have a huge backlog of stuff. I, and, like, I'm sure. I never even get around to posting. Uh-huh. But I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. I do want people to, um, uh, you know, be, like motivated or inspired in some way to like do something yeah whether that's um you know learning more about like city processes or you know advocating to their Mm -hmm. elected officials or making art or organizing or like just all the different tools that i think it you know takes to affect change yeah um and i yeah i think maybe just also having like uh, different perspectives that it's like you know the city is not necessarily here to cater to like you like yeah. are one single person or <laughs> type sure. of person yeah and i feel like that's kind of been the way it's going definitely um yeah. so yeah like there's a lot of places where 
um, you know, like the like a halal meat market or like a Chinese herb shop or a mm-hmm. barber shop or something. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be a lot of people in, in the city who are like, why should I care about that? Or like, I don't don't give it a second thought, but they have, you know, relative amount of privilege to uh, maybe, you know, advocate for the right for those type of places to exist. Yeah. Because they're attached to, you know, certain communities and certain Definitely. needs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of ways and yeah. people are, are super creative and mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of you know already know what they need and their own solutions yeah um but yeah maybe just like listening to each other's stories and what's important you know to you know diverse types of people and then just like keep telling those stories so people cannot be erased yeah and just you know try to get involved in in some way because if we don't and i mean it's like a lot of people feel this way are feeling this this pain and feeling mm-hmm. like this displacement and if yeah. we don't you know get involved it's like you know that shit is going to be all vanished so yeah I, I still have like hope for it uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and i know if there's any city that is not gonna like go quietly into the night it's seattle so i yeah. still have faith in people's yeah. um, passion to you know fight for um, the places that they love yeah yeah well yeah, thank you for doing that. I feel like you kind of honestly were a bit of the public vanguard of that, at least in my life, of this rebellion against growth <laughs> and, and the vanishing. So thank you very much. Thanks for coming on the show, um, for being here for uh, a while. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Is, was there anything that uh, we didn't cover that you'd like to cover or um, anything you'd like to uh, plug or talk about? Um, I would just say, uh, yeah, I encourage people to, you know, join the conversation, tag me and stuff, send me stuff. Yeah. Like, I definitely see it as a community effort, like yeah. a collective, you know, story sharing, mm-hmm. you know, image sharing. So, you know, I think that's what has you know, made it, um, successful and resonant. Yeah. It's not just about like me and like my perspective or my worldview. I think the more people that can participate in that, um, the better it is. So yeah, folks can, you know, get in touch with me. They can slide in my DMs (laughs) 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 or they can email me at bashingsaddle at Gmail or, you know, check out the website, bashingsaddle.org. Yeah. And we'll do some events and stuff too. Cause I think like the, uh, offline component is you know important yeah. too and connecting uh, mm-hmm. that to the online yeah yeah so yeah and just thank you so much for for having me well it's been a pleasure yeah and, yeah yeah really thank you you're welcome back anytime so um yeah this was vanishing seattle um cynthia brothers thank you again so much for being here you can find her on instagram at vanishing seattle on twitter at vanishing 206 and on facebook as vanishing seattle mm-hmm. and you should follow her and her work there um if you're listening and you're not uh subscribed you can find us on twitter uh, seattle sucks pod follow us there um you can email us at seattle sucks podcast and you can listen to our podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are available so thank you again um it's been a real pleasure talking to you. yeah likewise Thanks.